Blessings to you all and welcome to day 219. We're on August 8th of Bible in a Year with Bill. Today we're going to be continuing in 2 Chronicles. We're going to read chapters 16, 17, and 18. And we're going to finish off today's reading with Psalm 105. So let's get right into it. The book of 2 Chronicles. Chapter 16. But in the 36th year of Asa's reign, Baasha, king of Israel, attacked. He started it by building a fort at Ramah and closing the border between Israel and Judah to keep Asa, king of Judah, from leaving or entering. Asa took silver and gold from the treasuries of the temple of God and the royal palace and sent it to Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, who lived in Damascus, with this message. Let's make a treaty like the one between our fathers. I'm showing my good faith with this gift of gold and silver. Break your deal with Basha, king of Israel, so he'll quit fighting against me. Ben-Hadad went along with King Asa and sent his troops against the towns of Israel. They sacked Ejon, Dan, Abel-Maim, and all the store cities of Naphtali. When Basha got the report, he quit fortifying Ramah. Then King Asa issued orders to his people in Judah to haul away the logs and stones Basha had used in the fortification of Ramah and used them himself to fortify Geba and Mizpah. Just after that, Hanani, the seer, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said, Because you went for help to the king of Aram and didn't ask God for help, you've lost a victory over the army of the king of Aram. Didn't the Ethiopians and Libyans come against you with superior forces, completely outclassing you with their chariots and cavalry? But you asked God for help, and he gave you the victory. God is always on the alert, constantly on the lookout for people who are totally committed to him. You were foolish to go for human help when you could have had God's help. Now you're in trouble, one round of war after another. At that, Asa lost his temper. Angry, he put Hanani in the stocks. At the same time, Asa started abusing some of the people. A full account of Asa is written in the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa came down with a severe case of foot infection. He didn't ask God for help, but went instead to the doctors. Then Asa died. He died in the 41st year of his reign. They buried him in a mausoleum that he had built for himself in the city of David. They laid him in a crypt full of aromatic oils and spices. Then they had a huge bonfire in his memory. Second Chronicles, chapter 17. Asa's son, Jehoshaphat, was the next king. He started out by working on his defense system against Israel. He put troops in all the fortress cities of Judah and deployed garrisons throughout Judah and in the towns of Ephraim that his father Asa had captured. God was on Jehoshaphat's side because he stuck to the ways of his father Asa's early years. He didn't fool around with the popular Baal religion. He was a seeker and a follower of the God of his father and was obedient to him. He wasn't like Israel. And God secured the kingdom under his rule, gave him a firm grip on it. And everyone in Judah showed their appreciation by bringing gifts. Jehoshaphat ended up very rich and much honored. He was single-minded in following God, and he got rid of the local sex and religion shrines. In the third year of his reign, he sent his officials, excellent men, every one of them, Ben-Hail, Obadiah, Zechariah, Nethanel, and Micaiah, 
on a teaching mission to the cities of Judah. They were accompanied by Levites, Shemaiah, Nethaniah, Zebediah, Asahel, Shemiramoth, Jehonathan, Adonijah, Tobijah, and Tob-Adonijah. The priests Elishama and Jehoram were also in the company. They made a circuit of the towns of Judah, teaching the people and using the book of, Revel of the Revelation of God as their text. There was a strong sense of the fear of God in all the kingdoms around Judah. They didn't dare go to war against Jehoshaphat. Some Philistines even brought gifts and a load of silver to Jehoshaphat, and the desert Bedouin brought flocks, 7,700 rams and 7,700 goats. So Jehoshaphat became stronger by the day and constructed more and more forts and store cities, an age of prosperity for Judah. He also had excellent fighting men stationed in Jerusalem. The captains of the military units of Judah, classified according to families, were Captain Adna with 300,000 soldiers, his associate Captain Jehohanan with 280,000, his associate Amasiah, son of Zikri, a volunteer for God with 200,000. Officer Eliada represented Benjamin with 200,000 fully equipped with bow and shield, and his associate was Jehozabad with 180,000 armed and ready for battle. These were under the direct command of the king. In addition, there were the troops assigned to the fortress cities spread all over Judah. Second Chronicles chapter 18 but even though Jehoshaphat was very rich and much honored, he made a marriage alliance with Ahab of Israel. Sometime later, he paid a visit to Ahab at Samaria. Ahab celebrated his visit with a feast, a huge barbecue with all the lamb and beef you could eat. But Ahab had a hidden agenda. He wanted Jehoshaphat's support in attacking Ramoth-Gilead. Then Ahab brought it into the open. Will you join me in attacking Ramoth-Gilead? Jehoshaphat said, you bet. I'm with you all the way. You can count on me and my troops. Then Jehoshaphat said, But before you do anything, ask God for guidance. The king of Israel got the prophets together, all 400 of them, and put the question to them. Should I attack Ramoth-Gilead, or should I hold back? Go for it, they said. God will hand it over to the king. But Jehoshaphat dragged his feet. Is there another prophet of God around here we can consult? Let's get a second opinion. The king of Israel told Jehoshaphat, As a matter of fact, there is another, but I hate him. He never preaches anything good to me, only doom, doom, doom. Micaiah, son of Imlah. The king shouldn't talk about a prophet like that, said Jehoshaphat. So the king of Israel ordered one of his men, Quickly, get Micaiah, son of Imlah. Meanwhile, the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat were seated on their thrones, dressed in their royal robes, resplendent in front of the Samaria city gates. All the prophets were staging a prophecy performance for their benefit. Zedekiah, son of Kenanah, had even made a set of iron horns, and brandishing them, called out, God's word! With these horns you'll gore Aram until there's nothing left of them! All the prophets chimed in, Yes, go for Ramoth-Gilead, an easy victory, God's gift to the king. The messenger who went to get Micaiah told him, The prophets have all said yes to the king. Make it unanimous. Vote yes. But Micaiah said, As sure as God lives, what God says, I'll say. With Micaiah before him, the king asked him, So, Micaiah, do we attack Ramoth-Gilead or do we hold back? Go ahead, he said, an easy victory, God's gift to the king. 
Not so fast, said the king. How many times have I made you promise under oath to tell me the truth and nothing but the truth? All right, said Micaiah, since you insist. I saw all of Israel scattered over the hills, sheep with no shepherd. Then God spoke, These poor people have no one to tell them what to do. Let them go home and do the best they can for themselves. The king of Israel turned to Jehoshaphat. See, what did I tell you? He never has a good word for me from God, only doom. Micaiah kept on. I'm not done yet. Listen to God's word. I saw God enthroned and all the angel armies of heaven standing in attention, ranged on his right and his left. And God said, how can we seduce Ahab into attacking Ramoth Gilead? Someone said this and someone said that. Then a bold angel stepped out stood before God and said, I'll seduce him. And how will you do it, said God? Easy, said the angel. I'll get all the prophets to lie. That should do it, said God. On your way, seduce him. And that's what has happened. God filled the mouths of your puppet prophets with seductive lies. God has pronounced your doom. Just then Zedekiah, son of Canana, came up and slapped Micaiah in the face, saying, Since when did the Spirit of God leave me and take up with you? Micaiah said, you'll know soon enough. You'll know it when you're frantically and futilely looking for a place to hide. The king of Israel had heard enough. Get Micaiah out of here. Turn him over to Ammon, the city magistrate, and to Joash, the king's son, with this message. King's orders. Lock him up in jail. Keep him on bread and water until I'm back in one piece. Micaiah said, if you ever get back in one piece, I'm no prophet of God. He added, When it happens, O people, remember where you heard it. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, went ahead and attacked Ramoth-Gilead. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Wear my kingly robe, I'm going into battle disguised. So the king of Israel entered the battle in disguise. Meanwhile, the king of Aram had ordered his chariot commanders. There were 32 of them. Don't bother with anyone, whether small or great. Go after the king of Israel with him and him only. When the chariot commander saw Jehoshaphat, they said, There he is, the king of Israel, and took after him. Jehoshaphat yelled out, and the chariot commanders realized they had the wrong man. It wasn't the king of Israel after all. God intervened, and they let him go. Just then someone, without aiming, shot an arrow into the crowd and hit the king of Israel in the chink of his armor. The king told his charioteer, Turn back, get me out of here, I'm wounded. All day the fighting continued, hot and heavy. Propped up in his chariot, the king watched from the sidelines. He died that evening. Psalm chapter 105 Hallelujah! Thank God! Pray to Him by name. Tell everyone you meet what He has done. Sing Him songs, belt out hymns. Translate His wonders into music. Honor his holy name with hallelujahs. You who seek God live a happy life. Keep your eyes open for God. Watch for his works. Be alert for signs of his presence. Remember the world of wonders he has made, his miracles and the verdicts he's rendered. O seed of Abraham, his servant. O child of Jacob, his chosen. He's God, our God, in charge of the whole earth. And he remembers, remembers his covenant for a thousand generations. He's been as good as his word. It's the covenant he made with Abraham, the same oath he swore to Isaac, the very statute he established with Jacob, the eternal covenant with Israel, namely, I give you the land. 
Canaan is your hill country inheritance. When they didn't count for much, a mere handful, and strangers at that, wandering from country to country, drifting from pillar to post. He permitted no one to abuse them. He told kings to keep their hands off. Don't you dare lay a hand on my anointed. Don't hurt a hair on the heads of my prophets. Then he called down a famine on the country. He broke every last blade of wheat. But he sent a man on ahead, Joseph, sold as a slave. They put cruel chains on his ankles, an iron collar around his neck, until God's word came to the Pharaoh, and God confirmed his, his promise. God sent the king to release him. The Pharaoh set Joseph free. He appointed him master of his palace, put him in charge of all his business, to personally instruct his princes and train his advisors in wisdom. Then Israel entered Egypt. Jacob immigrated to the land of Ham. God gave his people lots of babies. Soon their numbers alarmed their foes. He turned the Egyptians against his people. They abused and cheated God's servants. Then he sent his servant Moses and Aaron, whom he also chose. They worked marvels in that spiritual wasteland, miracles in the land of Ham. He spoke darkness and it turned dark. They couldn't see what they were doing. He turned all their water to blood so that all their fish died. He made frogs swarm through the land, even into the king's bedroom. He gave the word and flies swarmed, gnats filled the air. He substituted hail for rain. He stabbed their land with lightning. He wasted their vines and fig trees, smashed their groves of trees to splinters. With a word, he brought in locusts, millions of locusts, armies of locusts. They consumed every blade of grass in the country and picked the ground clean of produce. He struck down every firstborn in the land, the first fruits of their virile powers. He led Israel out, their arms filled with loot, and not one among his tribes even stumbled. Egypt was glad to have them go. They were scared to death of them. God spread a cloud to keep them cool through the day and a fire to light their way through the night. They prayed, and he brought quail, filled them with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock, and water poured out. It flowed like a river through that desert, all because he remembered his covenant, his promise to Abraham, his servant. Remember this, he led his people out, singing for joy. His chosen people marched, singing their hearts out. He made them a gift of the country they emptied. They entered, helped them seize the wealth of the nation so they could do everything he told them, could follow his instructions to the letter. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray, Lord, that you would bless the reading of it today. And thank you, my friends, for joining me today. See you tomorrow. Take care now.